Hello, welcome to the Rathmore Movie Maker Podcast. I'm Rathmore Movie Maker. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and we're here to talk about two classics, or one classic and one sequel to a classic called um, Saturday Night Fever is the classic, and the sequel is Staying Alive. I'm joined by my guest, Cam. How you doing, bud? Hey, Ralph. Hello, uh, this everyone. Is, this is um, like kind of your pick, which is good. I'm like, yeah, this is a good idea, because I, I just recommend superhero movies. <laughs> This is what I want to talk about, the old classics. So let's yeah. start with Saturday Night Fever, starring John Travolta, directed by, I don't know, you know that. John Badham. Yeah. I don't Who think was... I've seen another. I, uh, last night, I actually watched uh, War Games, which he also directed. I've okay. never seen it before. It's a good movie. And also, it came out the same year as the sequel uh, to Saturday Night Fever, Staying Alive. Uh-huh. Yeah, but Saturday Night Fever is a banger, is what I refer to it. It hasn't aged a day or it's aged but it's aged really well it's a good time capsule of that period john travolta's awesome and yeah it's a fucking banger it's like the songs are bangers the the, the dancing is a banger like dancing's great like everything about the movie's great the acting's awesome like everyone in the movie is stellar you know it's got it's just it's like a great like time capsule that of that period you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, you know, a time capsule when disco was at its peak. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, and like, I agree. Like dancing is awesome. Yeah, it's very cool. I like when, <laughs> like, you know, Travolta's character Tony is his name. He kind of like yeah. goes like up and down. He's like doing like little like especially splits. compared to the second one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, we, yeah. We could cover the the first one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's a movie about dancers where you're supposed to think the dancing's impressive, and it actually is. You're like, whoa, that's cool, you know. And the, you know, the Spanish people who go at the end, they're like the people who come in second place. They were awesome too. Like, every, <laughs> like all the all the dancing's like amazing. I'm like, is that just the time? Or is this just, or is this like a movie? I'm sure it's a bit of both. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure there's people, some. It's that time, it. right? Yeah, people like just love just going to disco. <laughs> yeah, going to the disco, <laughs> they just love that, and yeah, it's cool. Obviously, we weren't around then, but like, yeah, it, like so, it's like effective in that way. It kind of like presents like a certain portrait of a subculture of dancing and you know partying and all that. Yeah. It almost it almost works as like a period piece, mm-hmm. um, even yeah. though it's not. It, it's like made at that time, but right. it works as a perfect time capsule for that. That's what I mean when it's when I say like it hasn't aged, like it's a, it has disco music, but it hasn't aged in terms of like the actual storytelling. Like it's an engaging movie that's got good drama. The music is all written for the movie. It's all like original music for the movie. Basically. I believe so. Yeah, yeah I think like the... from the Bee Gees. Yeah. And the, and yeah, the songs are bangers. Like these songs are like stuff I heard before even seeing the movie. You know, like that's how good. I mean, staying alive obviously. Yeah, how movie, deep is your song. love? Yeah. Yeah, all those songs. You're like, mm-hmm. wow, this is the the 2001 you know, Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's like amazing music. Like the whole thing through and through. You're like there's just something about movies at that time like The Graduate and like, even though that well, was, that, that, was a, that was ten years but, earlier, but just yeah. like yeah, but it's just like sixties and seventies movies, and like I don't know, I think of like Harold and Maude with the Cat Stevens music, mm-hmm. like great music written for movies at that time. 
like great right. just soundtracks that were like you would actually hear them on the radio that's how good they were and you don't really get that now with movies now soundtracks are like you know subsidiary or like they're good i guess it's it's just different now but you the, don't hear them on the radio. less frequent yeah yeah there's not soundtracks like you know the graduate soundtrack or like this where you're like wow this soundtrack is like most of the movie it's like almost like space jam <laughs> right. but it is it's like the music makes the movie yeah they go hand movie. in hand yeah mm-hmm. and like both the movie and the soundtrack are in the library of congress like deservedly so for, you know historical and cultural significance and um yeah it's a lot of fun and just to give a little context so like this came out in 1977 this is really what made travolta star he'd done the show like welcome back Carter. Yeah. i was like a, i never watched it it's like a sitcom and he had a memorable yeah supporting role in Carrie the year before but this was really mm-hmm. like what made him a movie star and it's nice you know because in the years since we've seen like you know Battlefield Earth and Gaudy like all these horrible <laughs> yeah, yeah. movies it's well, nice to get a reminder scene. of what like made him a star in the first place how and why there's the scene where he goes with his girlfriend there Stephanie to like the they go to like when she's upset they they, they go off to the side of the road and sit on that on that bench by the bridge and they look at the bridge I just oh, kept yeah, thinking yeah. of this I thought of the scene <laughs> the opening of Gotti when he's in front of the bridge you know greatest yeah. fucking city in the world that, that, <laughs> but yeah it was good like that scene was good I was gonna the reason I keep looking down is because I'm, I'm looking at the cast for the movie mm-hmm. like just some of the mm-hmm. other actors in it because yeah obviously Travolta made his career uh, Karen Lynn Gorney is her name mm-hmm. for, who's like the girlfriend I thought she was good and I really liked the girl who played I think her name was Doreen in the movie um, like his other Doreen. girlfriend there with Annette. Who held up. Annette oh that's Annette okay so Donna Pascal yeah yeah who I, think I really lot... liked her in it yeah she was really she good was good yeah I thought she was really like a lot of like especially toward the end like a lot of like emotional crying and like yelling and <laughs> she did that like yeah, really yeah. well but yeah, yeah I like that character she's like you know like yeah. what are you fixed to something what are you kidding me I love you what are you kidding me <laughs> yeah that's very funny they're back and forth yeah a lot of people might yeah. know at least i did i knew donna pascal because she played the mother on even stevens like the sitcom but yeah she's very good uh, in the okay. movie yeah she's great in it um that's just what i mean like everyone was good in it it's got a good edge to it i told you like after i watched it i think the first time but even this time i'm like it's got a lot of like harsh language in it like a yeah, lot of yeah. like a lot of cursing like, racial, racial slurs slurs like misogynistic language yeah yeah. Was, yeah exactly yeah that kind of thing calling people bitches and yeah they call the spanish people like you know the spanish slur and it's yeah this, i like i just wasn't expecting that i think a lot of people watching this movie at first are expected something like greece like you said right which was like the follow-up yeah Mm-hmm. It's definitely got an edge to it. Uh, Greece is more like, yeah, family friendly, I guess, than this. A, a little bit more, but it, yeah. It gives this movie also a personality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of the tone of this film, the the realism. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is kind of like how those people would be. Yeah, you know, his friends kind of losers. It's like yeah. he says, you're kind of a loser. Um, well, uh, yeah, and also like just for an overview, like the the plot is like Tony Monero is this like 19 year old guy living in Brooklyn and. Yeah, you know, it's one of the best like opening credit sequences when he's just it's you know I, I think most people would recognize it even if they haven't seen the movie him you yeah. know walking through the it's, streets. It's one of those things that's been like staying alive. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like Madagascar. Cultural, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and, um, exactly. It's such a staple. Yeah, I, I love um, in the you know in that sequence is an opening shot. It's a POV like he's like trying to like harass this woman he keeps like standing in her path and she just goes by him it's a, you know it's a really funny like uh, shot yeah it establishes his character very well and um 
Yeah, Tony, he works in a paint store. He lives at home. His family shits on him a lot. It's not a very healthy, like, dynamic. Yeah. His friends are dickheads. But, like, you know, when he goes to dance, like, uh, at the club called 2001 Odyssey, like, every weekend, that's where he's a star. He's a great dancer, and he gets yeah, to show off. That's, yeah, that's where he, like, yeah, he can be himself when he's on the dance floor. <laughs> it's, like, his expression. Yeah, and then, you know, the movie's about his family life, his his mom and his brothers struggling, his friends struggling. His friends are dickheads. One of yeah. his friends got a girl pregnant, and, mm-hmm. you know, the whole movie, he's, like, trying to talk about that, but everyone keeps ignoring him and, like, dealing with their own shit. <laughs> yeah, beating it's, people yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sad. Yeah, they, like, destroy property. Um, you know, they're, they're assholes. They're asshole characters. Um but yeah, it's like you said, Travolta, you root for him because he has that sympathetic. He has that charisma. Yeah. yeah. And, and that too, like the performance is so good. Like he has that charisma. Yeah. He's like very like, you know, like cocky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's just like cool. He's just like a cool guy. Like when he's mm-hmm. walking down the street on the opening, that's like the whole point of it. It's like, look how cool he is. Um, but then they de- they deconstructed it. Yeah, but they deconstruct a little bit. Like it's not like to- so shallow of a movie. It's like, yeah, this guy's flawed. Like he yells at his mom and makes his mom cry and his friends, his girlfriend. First, first my mom. Now you. <laughs> There's funny dialogue in it. There's a lot of memorable funny dialogue that you'd expect from an iconic movie. Well, watch the hair, and that kind of shit. Yeah, the scene, you know, his father smacks him on the head and he's sensitive about his hair, you know, because it's a long setup. Like he's, uh, I think it's playing Night Fever and he's like, you know, putting the hairspray in and combing his hair. We just washed the hair. No, I work on my hair a long time and you, and you hit it. He hits my hair. Uh, I, one thing we noticed, it's funny, like, I don't know how many, like, you know, it was obviously a huge hit, like, you know, and this was like the same year as like Star Wars and Close Encounters, but it like it held its own. At the time, in terms of like yeah. box office, box office and cultural impact, and um, we noticed on Letterbox that like its rating seems a little low. <laughs> oh yeah, I was because I was just looking at it. That's how I was looking at the cast. It's a three point two. Out of five, yeah, that's pretty low. That's fucking bizarre. Yeah, it has a lower. Because there's people on there who are idiots. Yeah. Yeah, it could be like recency <laughs> bias too. Because I noticed it has a lower score than How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That movie's ass. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> I'm not. Ron Howard has made good movies. That is not one of them. <laughs> the music and Travolta, like just like even the opening scene, like that's great. Him walking down the street. That's one of the most iconic scenes in film, probably. And what a three point two. Get the hell out of here. That's what I mean with these rating sites. It's like there's no logic to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. and we we can yeah. rate this. We can. I would give it like an eight out of ten. It's definitely That's worth watching. Give. Yeah, I'd give it a four star. Yeah, I really loved it. I thought it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I loved watching it again. It's a fun mm-hmm. movie. It is. Um, yeah, despite its darker elements, it's very watchable. Yeah, yeah. The darker elements made it interesting, though. Like gave it a little bit of. Add a little bit of salt to the the meal, right? It's not just like some goofy, like just like a bunch of dance numbers, which is kind of like what Stay Alive. Yeah, is. well, yeah, exactly, because that's what I was gonna say with the next one. Like that film, Staying Alive, is like it has no edge at all. No, they completely sanded the edges off of the whole mm-hmm. franchise. You mentioned the first one. You know, obviously, a big part of the first one was his friend like commits suicide there in that scene. Oh, he jumps off the bridge. 
in this movie they don't even mention like staying alive they don't mention the friend or any of that shit as far no. as i remember it's not like uh you know top gun maverick he's not mentoring his dead <laughs> friend's son or anything yeah well like the the ele- some elements come back like the mom is in it but it's but so she's the like, only other yeah sorry returning yeah, character exactly. basically yeah she yeah. is the only returning character besides um, tony yeah yeah and it's just so like toned down like everything even like the fights with her like they don't fight at all in the first one they did and this one they don't yeah, this one uh, they get along with super well that's my son up there when i like how did he learn to do that whatever the fuck she says at the end yeah and that was super corny it's so like yeah the whole gooey movie. like just reconcile <laughs> I, I don't think like it it's always corny. works like that with you know dysfunctional families like uh like i'm sorry mom like it's okay <laughs> like that's yeah. it <laughs> I say I said it with the first one. I say it with a lot of movies, relatability is a huge factor um, that I like. I like being able to relate to the characters in the film. You relate to the John Travolta character in the first one because he's just like a normal guy who works at a paint store. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not like doing anything. Like his his like vice or whatever is going to dance. That's like mm-hmm. his going out Saturday night. That's his Saturday night fever. Yeah. <laughs> um. This one. You know, they made him a Broadway star. He's he's now a Broadway star. He's dancing and he has everything, you know, everything he could possibly want. Um, and it's just like, makes him kind of lame, makes the story kind of lame, makes it unrealistic, and it makes it very corny. Yeah, this movie is like super, super corny. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, the movie is very cheesy, and yeah, it's just a bunch of yeah, like we said, there's no edge anymore. It's all like all a bunch of like rom com <laughs> bullshit, Sorry. you know. Um, you know, in the movie, uh, and and staying alive, yes, thumbs up, and staying alive. Uh, you know, his girlfriend in that movie, like she's really pretty. She's also in Dirty Dancing, which is a way better dance. There were a lot of dancing movies uh, at this uh, time. The British girlfriend there. No, the other, the blonde woman. Oh, okay. I thought she yeah. was fine. I thought the British lady. I thought she was like really bad. Or she or at least had some of the terrible. Yeah, the character's terrible. She had some of the worst lines in the movie. Like everybody uses everybody, don't they? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Fucking terrible. <laughs> I liked you. We made it. What do you think it was? True love. And you think I used you? What about you using me? Everybody uses everybody, don't they? Yeah, it's so hackneyed and like so basically like for a little context like after it's like five or six years after five or six years after the first one and Tony is now in Manhattan so like the, basically like the whole conceit of like the first one's already like fulfilled like he's uh-huh. mo- he moved out he's a dancer like what more like conflict exactly. is there and um so yeah he has this really pretty uh, girlfriend is also a dancer but then he has his eyes on this British lady spots and the music it just keeps going back and forth like it's so repetitive like the the blonde girlfriend just keeps like forgiving him over and over like what you trying out for sainthood he's a fucking idiot like he's like yeah like fooling around and then he, he gets it's upset because the British lady ghosts her. It's like, why? Whatever. It's because we made it. Like, you know, you gotta like yeah. re- attached yeah. or whatever. <laughs> that fight scene. That was like one of the cringiest freaking things in the whole movie. That whole like argument they have after yeah. they hook up. Oh my god. Yeah. The the movie was just. It was so corny. Like I can't even. Um. We didn't even mention. It says at the beginning, this is a Sylvester Stallone. Right, film. the director of this movie. I guess uh, because uh, uh, yeah, Travolta yeah. really liked Rocky three, and I guess like he felt confident that Stallone could yeah, do. Yeah, this is the only the movie Stallone has directed that he did not lead 
also. Um, because um, it directed, y- directed I think Rambo. so. Yeah, Rambo, you know, the newer one, the 2008, I think. Yeah, and he directed, he, he had this, like yeah, he did Rocky 2, 3, 4, and 6. He directed those. Yeah, he did those, which are all starring him. This is the only film, like, he's directed that isn't, you know, him leading. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he's in it briefly, but it's Very like briefly. Blink, and, blink and you miss it. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, he doesn't have any lines. Yeah. Although uh, Frank Stallone's in the movie quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, Frank Stallone, um, who has like his own kind of career, B movie career, but like this movie, like it wasn't very well directed. I I don't know if like maybe Stallone could make a good movie with someone else aside from him. It's just like this is like the one example of like him doing that, and it isn't, it isn't great. <laughs> and no. In fact, it's like really bad actually. Um. Yeah, I hated the movie. I thought it was basically unwatchable. It's one yeah. of those movies when it started, like not just the Stallone credit, like the first mm-hmm. shot of the movie. It's like, wow, this is gonna suck. It's one of those movies that you know it's gonna be bad immediately. The title it's card, so fucking bad. I noticed like the way the yeah. title appears yeah. on the screen, it, like yeah. smacks you in the face. Yeah, it's so aggressive. That's what the whole movie did. Like whoa! The whole movie was a smack in the face. Yeah, just like that opening little bit with all the dancing. The dancing's like horrible in this movie it's so flamboyant and like you know what i mean like it's like the end of the movie yeah, is yeah. like wow this is like super weird and the first one is not like that at all no the dancing no. the first one's great I, yeah. I don't have the criticism at all with the first one this one is like holy shit the dancing is so fucking like you sent me snaps of you laughing at it and yeah i was laughing too i was laughing at how bad like this uh you know the dancing was and how corny it was yeah, it's, it's it's so like preposterous, you know, because uh, yeah, the first the one the story is preposterous. The first one, the club is, you know, it looks great, you know, like you love all the fun dance. I like, I love the lighting. It's kind of like, you know, like smoky in there. But this one, it's just like on a boring like Broadway set. Like the musical at the end that like you know Travolta's character stars in is completely ridiculous. It's called Satan's <laughs> Alley. <laughs> Like the fake movie in Tropic Thunder, if people remember the one with like Robert Downey Jr. and Tobey Maguire. Like, I wonder yeah. if like that they literally named it after the I'll play. I'll play the trailer. Oh, uh, yeah, that's definitely got to be intentional, right? It, it might be. Yeah, I'm not sure. It must have. Well, that, yeah, that play is hilarious. That's what I mean about like the whole flamboyant. Like he's like shirtless and like they're tying him with ropes. <laughs> yeah, he's like in hell. I'm like, this is this is what is this? And it then seems like end, a parody. Yeah, they, they, they just give it a standing ovation, everyone. Like, it's the greatest show they've ever seen. And Yeah, and, okay. right. Yeah, exactly. We don't buy it. And also, it negates, no. like, the, the ending of the first one because what happens at the end of the first one. So, like, Tony does the contest with Stephanie, and they win, but Tony still feels inadequate. He feels like, the you know, the yeah. Latino couple that danced after him were better, and, like, they only yeah, won because they're like white. Rigged. Uh-huh. Right, yeah. It was rigged by their, yeah. By their yeah so it made it even then like it, it felt hollow to him and then in this one like it, the sh- the play is a complete success the musical yeah. it's just like yeah. they have <laughs> no like conflict. a zoom in on his face and oh yeah it's like amazing but it, it doesn't right it lacks like the you know the stakes were much lower in the first one and that just made it better it made it more relatable you, th- you think the stakes were lower in the first one just in terms of like, it's not a big Broadway play. It's sure, a, right. It's a I local dance competition, and like mm-hmm. the reactions from everyone were genuine and like justified. Whereas in this, it's like this terrible Broadway play 
It's like really gay for some reason. And then like, yeah, homoerotic. It's just like everyone's like, wow, this is amazing. And like John Travolta's like, oh, I did it. It's like, what? The, what? Is this even the same universe? Um, yeah, you're right. It's too big. Like, you know, you can't really relate. You know, <laughs> I, I could see like maybe just like a regular person just want to do a dance contest. But most people don't star in Broadway musicals where like they're like, you know, just fond over. Yeah. And yeah, the the expectation there is so great because you have to make you know if you're gonna sell like amazing Broadway musical, it has to be something like Cats or something like Cats that one, or like <laughs> another bad even, movie. Even yeah, even that was terrible. But I just mean like some great like Sweeney Todd, like an amazing Broadway play where like you they would have to be doing that for me to buy it, you know. But they're not. They're just doing this stupid. Like that's not even what you see on Broadway necessarily. Like this giant dance act. It's not really. Maybe forty years you know. ago. Who knows? Maybe like the Lion King. <laughs> certain kinds of Broadway plays. But yeah, now you, you, I don't. It just didn't make any sense. Like the story didn't make any sense. No. <laughs> it was hor- horrendous. This movie. This is a fucking terrible movie. Oh, it is terrible. And also, like you know, we mentioned yeah. before, like how you know, like thin the the, the romantic subplot is. Yeah, you know, especially compared to the first one, because it's. You know, it's a bit more fraught. Like, Tony's kind of creepy. You know, he, like, manhandles Stephanie. He, you know, right. strings along and that. You know, he's not very, you know, courteous <laughs> towards yeah. them. You know, it's kind of like... I read, you know, Roger Ebert's essay, and it's kind of, like, tying into, like, the Madonna whore complex. Like, he definitely, like, exhibits that. He's kind of, like, yeah, a bit, like, chauvinistic. But this one, he's just sure. a cad. So there's, like, there's no depth to it at all he just like wants yeah, to compared to his forth. friends in the first one he was like a bit better that's why the friends were important he's like less of an asshole than them but yeah he's still an asshole and yeah stephanie's line at the end like it's the the first time i let a known rapist in my apartment yeah he is a yeah, piece yeah. of shit um this one yeah it's just they forget all of that it's like oh don't worry about any of that this is a news story it's just about travolta like it's not even the same character. Like it doesn't even feel like the no, same character not really. B- barely. And um, yeah, and like and another point too. Like in the first one, you see him in a lot of different contexts. You see him in, at work and at at home and with his friends. But this one, like it's just like him rehearsing or him with the the ladies. Yeah, it's so dull. They try to do the whole thing at the end of staying alive. Um, him mm-hmm. walking down Times Square and they're playing the music. And yeah, it's like a close-up of his back, and doesn't work nearly as well. No, and uh, plus, like uh, the the Simpsons parody that, like the end of Stayed Alive, because like it's like the same line Bot says, like I don't know what I'm gonna do now, strut. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. Is, that, is boom. that what you wanted to mention to me? That was a spoiler. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not much of a spoiler. <laughs> uh, I St- guess. Staying Alive is a ten out of ten song for the record. I can't say that the the movie has the same score. <laughs> Uh huh, uh huh. The the score for the movie, yeah, the music wasn't as good. No, not nearly um, as. Aside from the song "Staying Alive," which is a good song. But, but that doesn't even really count because they already used it before. <laughs> yeah, it's the same scene in the first one. That's probably the best scene in this one too. Yeah, I would I would agree. And it's at the very end. It, it, mm-hmm. The very end of the movie was bizarre because it it was like a freeze frame of Travolta in Times Square, and then it, then he faded out. He like disappeared. I, I, I do have a few more. Uh, so, like, I, I believe this is the earliest movie to have a 0% score on Rotten oh, Tomatoes. Really? Yeah, because, okay. like, yeah. nobody liked this shit. It wasn't like, you know, well, I thought it was okay. <laughs> like, no. And actually, even... Thing. 
How did it yeah. do financially? It it did pretty well. So I'm looking uh-huh. at the list of uh, highest grossing domestic movies from 1983. It was number eight. So like the, okay. do you want me to say like the whole ten or just mention like a few like. So like uh, it was Return of the well, Jedi like, yeah. uh-huh. was the highest like, grossing movie that year. Much, much better. Like money? How much like money did it make? Ah, uh, let me see. Number eight back then. That's what like ten million dollars or something. Like number eight now is like uh, maybe a little more. Million. Yeah, it, you know. Uh, it made like uh, roughly, let's say like 127 million. I, I, don't quote me on that. It's just an estimate. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's definitely good. I get why they yeah. made the movie financially. It's just a terrible movie. Yeah, oh, you're yeah. right. Like, um, everyone I talked to who's like older, who's like seen the, who saw the movie when it came out, basically, like my dad, these like people I meet like at stores or whatever. They're just like, yeah, I remember. They remember the movie. They remember seeing it. They remember it coming out. They remember that it was terrible and that everyone hated it also. That was like a huge part of the story. Like everyone says it's terrible. I'm like, wow, this is like, it makes me want to watch it. <laughs> like you recommending it to me. And now I watch it. I'm like, yeah, that was absolutely fucking atrocious. Like it's just fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty like, bad. Like I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and it outgross Scarface that year. Cause you know, Scarface wasn't really wow. a big hit when it came out, but you know, it became much more popular and obviously much more enduring than this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely, for sure. I mean, this has aged horribly, unlike the first one. The songs have aged terribly, the dancing, everything about it, the filmmaking. It's just so cheesy. It's just a cor- such a cornball cheese fest, <laughs> this whole <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> Cringeworthy. <laughs> terrible and also, dialogue. Yeah, yeah ter- terrible. And plus, because it's co-written by Stallone, who wrote Rocky, which is, you know, a great <laughs> script. And yeah, this is just like, so, the, the, you know, the, the, the movie Stallone directed afterward, Rocky IV, also has a lot of montages, but it's at least a bit more, a bit more entertaining. <laughs> yeah. If you had an accent. Or what's that fucking line about the accent? Having an accent made you smart, that you'd be Einstein. Yeah, it's just like it's like so bad. Like I couldn't even remember any lines. Yeah, it just doesn't even like some of them don't even make sense. Like there was a setup for that line. It's like an all-state joke. Oh yeah, I, I heard. He's like, he's like what are you all-state? Yeah. <laughs> like the setup made no sense. He just said that to set up a joke. Right, exactly. Said. It's like he He's wouldn't like, actually yeah. say that. Yeah. 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 It makes a fucking horrible. <laughs> horrible. I mean, I would give this a half star, honestly. <laughs> I'd pr- I know maybe that like. It seems low. But, like, everyone, low. like, I don't know anyone who, who would defend it, you know? I'm no, just like, no. I, could ba- I could barely sit through it. I'm, I, I was like, this is terrible. I kept going on my phone. I mean, this it was so corny. Whenever I looked up, it was like some corny fucking cheese ball scene. Like, like them arguing about <laughs> everybody uses everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's just, like a, yeah, the mean <laughs> woman or whatever. It yeah, was it, really funny at points. Yeah, oh, yeah, unintentionally yeah, so. how corny. Yeah, the dancing and whatever. Just moments like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, regarding the dance, I don't know if like people know like some of like Bob Fosse's movies like Cabaret or all that jazz. But, like those also kind of have like you know big like extravagant extravagant musical sequences, but they, you know they have subtext to them. Like Cabaret is about like the Nazis, you know, taking power, and all that jazz is about you know it's kind of like um, semi autobiographical about Fosse. Like you know, like the play, the director of the play is literally dying. He's working himself to death. So like, yeah. but but in this one, there's no irony. There's no like, 
you know, kind of like off-putting, like, you uh-huh. know, meaning to what you're seeing. It's just it's a bunch of fucking dancing. Hollow. Exactly, and, right. Yeah. So that's what makes it much more boring. And and there's not enough characters, too. Like, I feel like the first one had more characters and a lot more going on. Like, his brother there in the first one wants to be a priest, or he's a priest. Like, there's just, like, a lot more depth to that movie than, than this one. There's just, like, very few characters, and they're all, like... It's like there's a love triangle with the two girls, and then there's, like, the show manager, his mom couple other people. Not really. A couple other people that don't have names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fucking shit. Yeah, the script is like rushed. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and the dialogue is hilarious. I mean, really. Yeah, it's just um, total crap. One more thing yeah. I'll say is like th- this kind of like yeah, started. I don't rush you, you know. I just feel like we mentioned like the good points, like you know, oh, oh sure, and like you know the. the <laughs> good, good points. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, th- this data kind of started, like, Travolta's, like, decline a bit, like, career-wise. Because, like, in between uh, Saturday, this, th- like, the first one and this one, he did Grease, which obviously was another big hit. And yeah. uh, Blowout, which wasn't commercially successful, but it's a great movie. People should uh-huh. check it out. The Thriller. It's, it's in the Criterion collection. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I saw the Criterion of that. Blowout's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, like, yeah, this is, like, 83. He, I mean, he really didn't come back until Pulp Fiction, which I'm sure... A lot of people have heard of. <laughs> it's a yeah. Hall of Famer movie, and that yeah, that that was great because it was a reminder. It's not just like you know a bunch of cheesy stuff. It's a reminder of you know, Travolta's charisma playing <laughs> Vincent, like you know, fucking frantic when like you know a woman's about to die from yeah, a heroin overdose. Yeah, right. It's back to Travolta being classic line deliveries and yeah, that sort of thing. This one he has none of those. No, He's like it doesn't. He's bad in this movie. He's oh yeah, straight yeah. Up bad. It doesn't play to his strengths. Whose limo is this? Anybody know whose limo this is? Oh, let me, um, before we go, I want to show off the record I got. So, yeah. So that's BGs. Saturday right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this is Staying Alive. <laughs> yeah. Buy yeah. one, not the other. <laughs> Goes yeah, for the get, movies, get too. Get the Saturday Night Fever Blu-ray, or get the Saturday Night Fever vinyl, because, uh, mm-hmm. The other one you shouldn't get. the 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 Saturday Night Fever vinyl was like twenty three dollars, and the mm-hmm. Staying Alive one was nine dollars. So that should tell you. <laughs> should have been nine cents. <laughs> should have been yeah. They're like in the same condition too. So. Mm-hmm. Travolta kind of had like another downward spiral, at least in terms of movies. And obviously, you know, his wife Kelly Preston passed away, so he's been on sabbatical. Um, mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, Which, but yeah, I, I'm sorry. hoping he'll, he'll have at least one more good movie at some point because yeah, it's been yeah. a while. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I had hoped for as well. Because yeah, I like him. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. dislikes like I think people like working with him. He is a oh, Scientologist, sure. so there's that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> aside, aside from him being a Scientologist, I mean, people still seem to. He like seems him. like a pleasant enough yeah. character. And he's got charisma for sure as an actor. Like even in mm-hmm. Gotti, it's like. And get shorty, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't use really Gotti as roles. a good example of anything. Well, at least in Gotti, no, Gotti's <laughs> terrible. But he he's charisma he's charismatic as yeah actor. face and off he's a lot him. of fun yeah uh so as far as like what I'd rate staying alive I guess like a half star <laughs> as opposed uh, to yeah the other one I gave four stars yeah I'd probably give this like a two out of ten just because I like to save <laughs> the half stars for something that like this is terrible don't get me wrong I'm not saying like it's good but like I like to reserve those for movies that like just like really get under my skin like yeah <laughs> so, yeah. yeah this kind of this kind of did but. sure I, I, I could see that and um <laughs> the camera went away it's horrible 
Yeah, you can't look away. It's like a car accident. <coughs> yeah. <I have> some. <laughs> good. So good discussion. Yeah, and one, that's one quick. I, I recently yeah, I just yeah. watched uh, Risky Business, which came out the same. It was the tenth highest grosser movie. Watch that instead. That's a good one with Tom Cruise. It's a lot of fun. Uh huh. Yeah, it's probably better. It's way better. <laughs> Not probably. It is better. It's for sure. Okay, so I have some questions from the question thread. You leave your questions on the Ralph the Movie Maker uh, subreddit, the Ralph the Movie Maker podcast subreddit. Uh, we'll answer them there. So this is from the legendary Squiznit. Uh, they have two questions. Let's see. Maybe just answer one of them. How many times do you feel like you have to watch a movie before you feel like it is trustworthy of being a high a high on your favorite list for that year? Um, are there some movies where you know that you love them immediately? Or do you feel you always need to check in with yourself later? So, like, basically, like, do you, like, love a movie right away? Like, how do you feel... Like, when you watch a great movie right away, do you give it, like, a 10 out of 10, <laughs> like, immediately? Or do you, like, take some time to think about it? Because I think, like, that's kind of what I do. Um, like, if I rate... Like, if I, if I saw, like, Mad Max Fury Road, I, like... I sit with it for a little bit. I don't, like... I'm not like, that's the greatest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I, like, sit with it a little bit and think what to rate it. Because sometimes I don't rate things right away. Sometimes, sometimes I wait. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like that, that Banshees, like I was thinking of giving mm-hmm. that like a 10 out of 10. Yeah. But I, I waited. I'm like, let me wait. Um, and same with Tar. I yeah. I would rate that highly, like a 9 out of 10. But yeah, I want to mm-hmm. see those again. I don't just like want to go with my first gut impression. And also they probably are like 10s. It's not. You know. Yeah, or thereabouts. <laughs> <and the laughs> yeah, they're around there. Yeah, it's, it's at least a 9 or a 10. Yeah, for those. Yeah. So yeah. how do you feel about that? Uh, it's a good question. Um, I guess it depends. Uh, yeah, I'll give you like you know example like you know something like the Dark Knight. I'd have to think too hard about like you know you knew that was a classic. Like leave walking out of the theater, you know, like certain yeah. ones like that. Like if it's like that good, like or like you know Glorious Bastards, like wow, like that was awesome. Um, other ones like sometimes yeah, like I don't always rate things right away. Sometimes you know even like a year later, sometimes you might look at like rankings like oh I'd put this one a little higher or lower this one. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know, letting movies linger with you is a good thing. But um, Yeah, I feel like it's a good thing. Like, I feel like rating a movie five stars right away after seeing it is usually, like, a bad thing. And it's usually impulsive. I uh, usually don't like doing it. I wouldn't um, say it's a bad thing necessarily. I mean, it might be a little, unless, like, yeah. hasty. Yeah, um, it's a little hasty. To me, that's, like, kind of like what reactionary Snyder Cut fans do. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like oh that was amazing it's like didn't did you even like take time to process it like it's a lot of movie you just watched there right you yeah know? take some time to like think about it um mad max fury road that's probably the closest closest one where i saw the movie i was like damn that was great you know i don't think i rated it five stars right away but i would like now sometimes yeah, i change I ratings too. like I, I rate them higher ratings are not that important to me so, yeah, they can be kind of arbitrary. Kinda with, yeah, they can. So I kind of just go with the flow on them. I'm not too... Because some people are very... um Try to be consistent with their ratings, and it doesn't always work out. <laughs> There's usually a lot of inconsistency in there. Like, I look at critics I like. I'm like, what? Like, why'd you rate it? Why'd you rate Cry Macho <laughs> like, so highly? <laughs> yeah, sometimes it can be Cry Macho five relative. Stars? I mean, it's basically I, yeah, I like almost... Yeah, that's basically almost what they gave it. 
<laughs> yeah, it seems a little extreme. Uh, you know, sometimes once can be enough, like at least in terms of like whether it's yeah. a great, you know, a good movie or not. I think you can usually t usually tell. I mean, sometimes you're like, yeah, maybe yeah. I didn't like it as much. But uh -huh. usually, like something like Everything Ever All at Once, like you know, that's a good movie no matter right. what. I mean, you, right. you really enjoyed great. it. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, like yeah, ratings I'm talking about. Sure. Exact rating. But yeah, it's good to think about a movie after you see it. Like, don't just go with your first impression right away. Like, Take a moment to process <laughs> the emotional journey, you know? Yeah, and sometimes expectations can tie in, like, whether it's, like, you know, uh, people how people reviewed it, if it's, like, really highly rated already, that can, like, manipulate, like, do I actually really like it, or am I just trying to, like, agree with everybody else yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, uh-huh. There's nothing wrong with that either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so good question. Here's one more from him. Um... What what are your growing thoughts on the folk film YouTube feature film making community? A lot of really interesting movies came out in 2022 on YouTube. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's just like YouTube movies or internet movies. There's that one, The Backrooms, that's getting like an A24 um, adaptation. Or like they're, the guy who made The Backrooms short, which is like a YouTube short, he's like a 17-year-old. He's, he's like making a movie with A24 now. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And, like, that's an interesting question to ask because it's kind of in now. I've seen some other ones, too, some YouTube shorts that I like. I mean, obviously, I've made YouTube mm -hmm. films. <laughs> yeah. Um, not just Ralph and the Multiverse recently, but, you know, King Candy and The High and, um, you know, I've, I've released those on YouTube. They're not YouTube movies. I released those in festivals first mm -hmm. and then put them on YouTube. Um, not Ralph and the Multiverse, but point yeah. is, um, what is my point? I guess what I'm trying to say is like, yeah, I like YouTube movies mostly. I think it's great because distributors often try to limit your creativity. That's what I've encountered making films. Obviously, when I made Lover, that's like a story I've told to you. Where they tried to change the title of the movie, you know, to like a, into a dark mind or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like silly. <laughs> that is good. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to change the movie for you. Um, so something good about YouTube is obviously you put the movie on yourself or you just upload it. Um, you can have people look at it and like tell you it's good, but you know, you have like a lot of creative freedom and you know, it's not being limited by a distributor or something. So you get a lot of more creative kind of stories told on YouTube. And that's why I like it a lot of more, a lot more variety. Whereas in companies, you usually don't get that. You usually get a lot of the same kind of output from certain companies. Not all of them, but like Disney and so on. You know, you expect a certain kind of thing. Whereas YouTube, you get all all sorts of movies. Um, so yeah, what what kind of YouTube movies have you seen? Uh, uh, uh not many. A, you've been in a couple. <laughs> I you've have been. been. In like, yeah, you were like in the bread movie we made. Right. Yeah, that was true. You weren't in Sauce, but you were. No, you no were I wasn't. Around. You were. You were. That's when I was in Boston. So you were mm -hmm. around, and I think you were doing something else. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm all for it. I, I haven't seen many YouTube movies, I'll be honest. But yeah, I've been, I'm I'm always uh, encouraging of, you know, anybody like with, you know, it's, you know the nice thing, yeah. it's like so accessible now, like anybody with a phone can make a movie and yeah, tell their stories. It's a, that's the best way to present yourself, really, even like more so than like writing a script, like, you know, literally having like a YouTube video that you can send to people like this is like, you know, expressive of what I want to do yeah, as a filmmaker. A completed project, yeah. And if it's something you wrote, yeah, that's especially really cool. I've been reading like how screenwriting, um, like 
festivals aren't really that helpful. And I don't know much mm-hmm. about those. You know, when I write a script, I just make the movie. So I haven't had to mm-hmm. like deal with those much. But apparently people say like it's just not worth it. Like it's not worth like, you know, like you just pay all these fees, you know, because you obviously have to pay to be in a festival, um, mm-hmm. which is worth it if you're a filmmaker up and coming. You're trying to get mm-hmm. exposure. And it's a good thing because you go to a festival, you pay, but you get attention, you get exposure, which is good. Um, mm-hmm. But they don't they say it's just not worth it if you're a writer. You know, if you're mm-hmm. doing that, because I, I don't know why it's just like, it's just not worth it. You know? Yeah, I guess it depends. I mean, like some of my friends yeah. have won prizes, whatever, second or third place. or whatever. yeah, so that's always nice. But yeah, yeah. I guess it's just up to like, it's you know, just as far as like person. where it could take you in your career trajectory, mm-hmm. like winning a film festival for a film you made. That's a bigger deal. That's a big deal. Whereas making a, a script, that's like. Maybe it could help you get it made for sure. Maybe that's why people do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like, I just feel like you really have to, you have to put yourself out there if you want to make movies. And like, a screenplay is not enough. Like, mm-hmm. if you can make the screenplay, that's really something. And it's like, even if you can't make it great, I think that's what like filmmakers or writers should really do. They should try to actually make it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and that's I like agree. why YouTube is great. Because you can just make the movie and put it on YouTube. Like, get some actors or, you know, animate it. Do, make it an animation or something. Make it's it a stop-motion movie. work, but sure. <laughs> yeah, make it a stop-motion movie. I mean, it depends on your talent, right? Some people mm-hmm. can't work with actors, but they're great at animating stuff. So, it just depends on your talent, your expression. But, like, it's just... It's, I feel like that's a much better route to take. Yeah, like you said, you actually have something to show people. Like, you could apply for any job and show people your freaking movies that you made. You could put them on LinkedIn. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. like, just... Like, yeah. people like watching stuff like that, whereas you can't really do that with, like, a screenplay. Um, and, you, you you know, if you're a writer, you should be doing that. But just, you really have to put yourself out there, I mean, when you make a movie mm-hmm. you, to really stand out. And that's ultimately what people want. They want to, like, stand out so they can get work, so they can get their shit made. Mm-hmm. Um, and to do that, you have to, you know, even if you're a writer, maybe you have to direct something or act in something, do stuff that you don't. I mean, Tarantino studied to be an actor. He didn't study to be a writer or, mm-hmm. or I studied. He didn't really go to school. But <laughs> mm-hmm. He went to school for a little bit. He didn't like school. But right. what, he, what, he, what he was trying to learn to do was act, and he ended up becoming a director and writer because mm-hmm. people told him he's a terrible actor, and he is. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that's, that's like a loaded question. I, I said like a lot for that answer. But, yeah, that's, that's just what I mean. Like, yeah, put, put yourself, yourself out, out there. there. Yeah, and jinx. YouTube's a great place to do that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's where I found a, I found a lot of success in just doing stuff on YouTube, um, and mm-hmm. I'm very lucky too. Um, yeah, it's not just all like, oh, I'm the greatest things in sliced bread. But yeah, it's a, you know a lot of it's, it's ambition it's too. Lu- yeah, it's very much luck. Like I got, you know I latched on to IHE and YMS there, <laughs> like a parasite, and yeah, like some of their audience trickled onto me. But yeah, like some people nice. don't even get that chance. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't get that. They just get nothing. Like their whole fucking career. <laughs> Which Hopefully sucks, but, everybody yeah. get this shot. Yeah, I just, I don't, yeah, I'm afraid for artists like that who like never get their shot. That's why I say like, get out there, to, you know, be out there, take on other roles. You said you can do other things, like take on different roles on a set. Mm-hmm. Um, don't just do one thing. At least now, at least in this stage in your career when you're, like, starting out. Okay, so this is from Dunkachino. 
with a zero at the end. Yeah. What is your favorite? What are? What is your favorite f- decade? Oh, oh, sorry. What is your favorite decade of films? And what is your favorite films from said decade? Um, so, I really like the seventies. I do too. I think there's a lot of great stuff there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd say like that's probably the best era for film. I mean, that's a hard decade to pick. It's sixties is a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, fifties obviously. Well, nineties. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like you know, it's great. like every decade. <laughs> every uh, every decade has great stuff, um, mm-hmm. especially I'd say you know, sixties, seventies, and nineties. Those are like some of my favorite, and eighties too. But yeah, seventies has like Apocalypse Now, Godfather, Star Wars, mm-hmm. Jaws. Right. Yeah, a lot of Jaws. like the the new Hollywood movies. Like you know, like if, if in case people don't know, it's like that era. Like you know, where you know Spielberg and Scorsese, Lucas, Coppola. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian De Palma, like all those guys, you know, like kind of like all these directors were left to their own devices and came up with a lot of like, you know, great movies, you know, like uncompromising story, like Sidney Lumet, you know, Dog Day Afternoon, like stuff like that. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's when like a lot of those guys, you know, like really like changed the landscape uh, came yeah. to be. Yeah, those are some great movies at that time. Yeah, completely creatively unrestricted. I, I don't know why things aren't like that now. You get some directors like that now, like the Chris Nolans and so on. Yeah. I feel like it's more rare and there's more, I guess there's more variety, which is good. But I just love mm-hmm. that era for movies. That was such a great like decade for movies. Mm-hmm. All those like all those movies you mentioned, those are 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Dog Day Afternoon. We could talk about yeah. that one day. But yeah, yeah one of my favorites. Excellent. Yeah, those mm-hmm. are great. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, that's all. Um, yeah, I think we're all good. Staying alive. Staying alive. Don't watch We're it. Watch alive. Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. <laughs>